Well, sir, sir, there's a Stephen Robles and a, a, a Nate Barnerlochowski. You know, I wanted to do an eggnog follow-up, but I've not had a chance to buy any eggnog. So instead, we're going to go with uh, midterm elections. All right. No, <laughs> no, no. Thanks Cease. for coming on Cease Hardball. Desist. Political hard talk with Stephen Robles. Is, it, is there such a thing as uh, fantasy politics? I know you got fantasy football. Oh, probably. They got fantasy lots of stuff. You can do like draft like survivor contestants. Mm. Maybe it's just like too close to home if you do, if you bet on the future <laughs> of the country. Uh, that's true. All right. All right. I'll, we can't get into politics. Anyway, no, I looked no, up Oberweiss. No, no. no Oberweiss eggnog. I cannot get it here in Florida, so it's very disappointing. But, yeah, and you uh, reached out to their Twitter. I thought they would maybe like send you a, like, hey, sorry you can't get it. Some acknowledgement. You know, the, the Oberweiss Twitter account is not extremely active. Uh, mm-hmm. I just want to say, and, and we did uh, give a free endorsement. We're doing it again. This is the second episode. <laughs> so, Well, as soon as they see sales spike, uh, right. they'll, you know, someone in the office will be like, hey, Frank, what's new on the Twitter? <laughs> we must explain this new, this new eggnog spike. Frank, Frank, I need a report. I need you to print out every retweet that we've gotten in the past month. Have it on my desk in 20 minutes. I need you to work Sunday, too. Well, sir, sir, there's a Stephen Robles and a, a, a Nate Barnerlochowski that have uh, referenced <laughs> it on their podcast. Grace, Grace, uh, what's, it, what's on the Twitter? Grace. Hey, Grace, print, that, <laughs> print out the, twi- the tweets. Print them out. <laughs> have you ever seen uh, Glengarry Glenn Ross? No. No. I'm going to have to add that. It's a it's an old movie, but it has that Alec Baldwin. You ever hear the phrase "coffee is for closers"? Yes, he references it in his "Boss Baby" uh, as the right. voice in "Boss Baby," which I didn't know was a reference to his own stuff. <laughs> it's a reference to the line that he spoke in uh, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Oh, it uh, is the movie. That movie is filled with actors that are now having a rough time. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, Alec Baldwin was just person. arrested, wasn't he? Right. Kevin Spacey's uh, on the outs. Ugh. Al Pacino yeah, still Al Pacino. Jack Lemon is no longer with us. And mm. okay. well, anyway, Alan Arkin's a good movie. Still great. Back to Boss Baby though. Tried <laughs> not as great. <laughs> I tried watching that with the kids. I gotta say, strange movie. Uh, it gets kind of weird. The premise of it being that babies in the baby factory that there are like if I remember correctly like, there are babies that are like meant for business and then like the dumb ones are sent to be right. to families basically like some are destined for management <laughs> and the others <laughs> are schlepped aside yeah it's very strange very, very strange. strange has a couple uh, lines. based on a true story though uh, some a lot of people don't know that ah oh okay yeah 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 yeah. That's so anyway, Alec Baldwin biopic. That's biopic. <laughs> what's the what's the correct uh, pronunciation there? I try my hardest not to say it out loud because I don't know. Right, right. I think it's biopic, like prestigious or prestigious. Right. Okay. 
Well, no, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's prestigious. Uh, I'm pretty maybe. sure. I think it, I think in uh, the UK, which we will be discussing in this podcast, uh, I believe it's yes. prestigious. Artisanal. That's how you say that. Aluminium. Well, yes, if you're English, of course. Okay, one last one last phonetical thing. No, I'm <laughs> yes. gonna I'm gonna jump in before you jump in. No, please. The word important. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that the middle T should be exploded or ignored, and should the last syllable even be said or just kind of grunted? Like important. Is it important? Important. <laughs> no. Important. Oof. Two of those That's sound terrible one. to me. Two out of three. Yeah. I would double the T. I would say important. This is an important test. Oh, see? Oh, no, see, then you um, you umed it. Yeah. I don't like that, though. I like to have Welcome good diction. to phonetics with Stephen Robles. Important. Important. But really, oh, some, you, yeah. if you say it fast, you're going to say, it's, it's not really an important thing. You're going to um. Mm. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like the explosive T, and I think worse is important. Before we go any further, I did want to mention early on we now have an Instagram account that you can follow, listeners. And we highly recommend you do. At Movies on the Side, just like our Twitter, just like our website. And on Instagram, cohesive branding. What's that? Cohesive branding across all platforms. That's right. Movies on the side, Twitter, Instagram, website. But on Instagram, posting the pictures from our chapters, which, if you didn't know, every podcast that we release has chapter markers where you can jump topics and uh, put a little picture in there, a little art sometimes. And so you can see that on Instagram. We're going to put that on Instagram, and uh, it's in the app too. But uh, yeah, go follow us and say hi. Make a suggestion. Shout out. Exactly. And for those who say to me, which is probably 80% of those that listen to this podcast, um, say to me, hey, Nate, when are you going to get to the movie? If you have uh, those little, what are they called, chapters, you can jump right to the movie and skip uh, past all of this gold. (laughs) Listen, this this is probably a 20-minute podcast once you skip all of this. I, actually, I think we're pretty consistent in being 20 minutes before each movie review. That that feels so, about right. But if you go on our Instagram, uh, there's a picture of me in my high school gladiator outfit. Worth it. And uh, Nate and his wife in Marvel superhero attire, which looked amazing as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. I tagged uh, Robert Downey Jr., but he hasn't uh, gotten back to me. Oh, no. But, well, yeah, we'll see. he's very busy. All right, well, let's get to the movie because I got a lot to say. This, I we, we, okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't even, <laughs> that's how this is going to go. I don't even know how we're going to do this. Listen, I've never been more nervous before a podcast than this one. All right, here's what I'm going to say. Listeners, we reviewed the movie Me Without You, starring mm-hmm. Amelia Clark. Yeah, that's exactly it. Now, that's how we're starting. Now, see, that was a conversational transition word right there. Me before you, for those keeping track at home. That's right. This is, there is a heavy topic laced throughout this movie. And I feel like we need to leave that for the end. I think we should just talk about movie stuff. Okay. And then, and then maybe 
we'll see where it goes at the end there on on that. So that makes sense. Let, yes, I think we should also acknowledge uh, spoilers <laughs> for this whole movie. If you want to watch it and be sort of surprised how it ends, now's the time to pause. It's right. on Prime. Go watch That's it. Right. Come right back. That's right. But after you've been warned. Yes. So, Stephen, we're going <laughs> to pretend as we review this movie as if he gets better at the end of this movie. Well, you can't. Gonna... <laughs> you just spoiled it. So the whole I gave movie people is... time. Okay. Oh, right, right, right. They just went and watched it. Yeah, yeah. Amelia Clark gets a job as a caregiver for a quadriplegic guy. You know, close to her age, and mm-hmm. uh, the whole movie ensues of her being a super bubbly character, trying to win him over and help him be happier. And through a course of events, you know, they do develop a relationship and all that. And we'll get to the end. I have never really seen Amelia Clark in a role like this, and I really enjoyed it. I um, thought she did great, being that kind of quirky but lovable character that's awkward but has personality. Like, I really liked her in this movie. Yeah. Interesting choice of footwear. What do you mean by that? That can't be from around here. Why not? This is the kind of place people come to when they got tired of actually living. I'm happy here. Yeah, well, you shouldn't be. I completely agree. I think there was something, at first I was a little bit thrown off by like how quirky her attire is. And yeah. you know, she like she starts the movie in uh like pigtail buns with uh like these bright colored, you know, leggings and it's and at first I thought it was a little much, but I think her character is so like charming that after a while I really found I really came to like her quirky costuming. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And even the bumblebee leggings that come into play later, which I want to talk about this scene. She uses yes. an iPhone three G. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> I always enjoy seeing slightly older technology. And it's supposed to be dated, right? In the movie? Right. I think it's supposed to be dated. Yes. Yeah. So it's a little bit of older phone. So it takes place in England. And so these are all English peoples. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, what's, it, what's the guy's name? I always forget the character names. Is it Tom? Will. Will. Will Trainer? Or you mean like <laughs> right. his, the actor? No, 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 no. Will. Yeah. Sam so Will, is his real name. Okay. So Will is a quadriplegic, uh, which was because of an accident. He got hit by a motorcycle. He was mm-hmm. a successful uh, business person before that. Now he's a quadri- quadriplegic. And, Do we know, know what home. he did before that? Or was just kind of he led like a, a Tony Stark-esque life that they show <laughs> us for 20 seconds? It sounded like he did businessy things. <laughs> oh, he did uh, business. You know, <laughs> in, the, in the intro scenes, he is in a suit and is so cool. Like he's just walking in the rain, no umbrella, full-on suit. Talking on a cell phone, you know. Right. He's getting I believe he used like the name Fitzpatrick when he's talking to someone, so you know he's dealing with important people. <laughs> right. But he gets uh, hit by a motorcycle and then is a quadriplegic, and then we fast forward. And so Amelia Clark gets hired to be his caretaker. And that initial meeting, so Amelia Clark interviews with the mom first, and mm-hmm. it's this really awkward interview, which is kind of, you know, charming and. You know, you feel for Amelia Clark because she's super nervous and her skirt rips. Yeah, and it is treated as though it's the most scandalous of 
of like wardrobe malfunctions it definitely was not i i kept thinking like you're overreacting a little bit you got like a little tear in the side of a pencil skirt i think you're gonna be okay and everyone treats her like you're the most scandalous person in the world right well this and this family is very i mean they live in a castle basically so right yeah that kind of family so when they when the doors open and she sees will for the first time she's prepared that it's difficult and that he's not a very happy character but he like screams out like a crazy person i'm lou Will. William. Hello, Louisa Clark. I'm Will Trainer. And she, like, she does some great face acting, you know, where she, like, tries to hold the smile and then fades. Her eyes are scared. Yeah, scared look. And then you could see the mom being like, Will, please. And then he comes out of it and he, you know, talks real politely. But that was interesting. But um, then the you know here's something. Oh, oh, go okay. ahead. Something else. I really like. Uh, she goes by Lou in this movie. I like her family. I like her yes. family dynamic from the like when she loses her job at the bakery and goes to this. There's something about with the kids around and the worrisome father who is uh, in from Mr. Bates from Downton Abbey. Oh, mm. cross promotion there. Um, mm-hmm. Overall, I really enjoy. I thought that really grounded her character. Like, I found her character believable through and through. Right, because her so her dad didn't have a job for this whole time, and that's why she was trying so hard to get a job herself. And so you believe that she is this caretaking. You know, she wants to help others and is responsible. You get that, like, from the family, Mm -hmm. and then you see her, you know, taking care of of Will. And so some very strained interactions at first, you know, he does not respond to her and she's just trying to be super polite and smiley and all that kind of stuff. And there's the one time where he gets sick and um, he's in bed, you know, she comes in, he's in bed and she's trying to take care of him and she can't get a hold of anybody, like can't get a hold of the father. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a medical professional, Nate, which I have to say, I love his character. He is great. Yeah, that, yeah, I loved his character. Uh, I loved everything about him. And there's that scene where she's trying to figure out what's going on and he's in bed and Nate walks in and he's like just super professional. He's like, he doesn't sweat like we do. You can't, whatever, you got to get a fan, get a towel. And he like jumps onto the bed and like rips Will's shirt off and like does everything he needs to do. And like the whole scene was like, oh man, like this guy's amazing. Like, right. I love this guy. Right. Well, and, uh, it, it also, it added a little bit of credence to the whole movie and the fact that, like, I'm, this movie is silly in, in some ways, but the idea that, like, this medical professional that Nathan is around, it mm-hmm. did make me feel like, I'm glad you didn't just try to make it like these two all the time. Like, right. if, if you're a well-to-do family and you're taking care of your son, you're not just going to have Amelia Clark take care right. of him. And even they even said it because uh, in their first interactions, Amelia Clark and the Nate medical person, she was like, "What am I doing?" And he's like, "Well, I, I'm going to do all the heavy lifting. You know, I do all the medical stuff. You're really just here to make him happy." Hi. What am I here for? To cheer him up, I guess. So I thought we could go out this afternoon. My mother says you're chatty. Yeah. Can we strike a deal? 
whereby you are very unchatty around me. Just a little dialogue, and, and almost that that's the more daunting task in reality, you know, to try and make this miserable person happy. Right. And so we come to find out that he has sought to commit suicide, assisted suicide in Switzerland in six mm-hmm. months. He got final approval, lawyer signed it, and so he has decided he's going to commit suicide. And Amelia, Amelia Clark's character finds out and then has the idea, let me try and convince him that it's worth living and let me do some extravagant trips. He talks to his, Will's parents, and they agree. They say, do whatever you think you can do, spend whatever money. Mm-hmm. And so Amelia Clark has this elaborate plan to take him a bunch of places. And the first thing she takes him to, because he doesn't leave the house really ever, is a horse race. And there's this scene where they come up in the van and the motorized wheelchair you know, gets stuck in the mud right outside the van. And I was like, man, you don't think about those kinds of challenges. And made it all the more real, I feel like. Like, this this is why he doesn't do this. Right. And, you know, you feel the empathy. And you also feel for Amelia Clark because she's trying to do this great thing. And it's already, like, not even out of the van. And it's already a problem. You know, it's difficult. Yeah. So. She, she has a lot of, uh, which is kind of nice. She has a lot of moments where she tries to help or tries to say the right thing. Uh, but it either, like it's kind of either i don't know insensitive or right. uh, just it's well meaning but like not the not what someone in his position wants to hear which right. i think the movie in some ways does well of of putting us in her position of like yes right. there is like she has that fear of like am i going to say something insensitive to him am i going to going to you know ask him to clap his hands and you know or say some sort of phrase when right. You know, well, it's and like, I think that's a, a good way to like bring us into the movie because we've all had that like worried about you know like oh I don't exactly know how to uh, relate and and react to someone who has a very different life than I do. Yeah, and that, jumping up forward just a little bit, uh, he goes over to her house to meet her family because it's her birthday, and like the dad reaches out to shake his hand, and it's one mm-hmm. of those things you don't think about right. because it's just na- it's a it's a natural routine thing and he was he is fine with it will you know to his credit but it's those kinds of things that amelia clark doesn't think about right uh, but so there's a scene where he uh wants to watch a movie and it's a french movie and it has subtitles and she has you know why would you ever watch that and he's like have you never seen a movie with subtitles and that's their first relatable experience where she sits there and watches the movie with him and ends up loving it despite the subtitles and they start talking, they start relating more from there. And there's a, a name drop of the Armageddon movie with Bruce Willis. Just want to call that out. <laughs> it all, it all comes around <laughs> full circle. I'm just amazed that you could reach the ripe old age of what? 26, 26 and never have watched a film with subtitles. Oh, well, I'm just amazed that you've reached the ripe old age of, 31 without being locked in a cupboard for being such a snob. What? E.T. is my favourite film. E.T. is everyone's favourite film. I've seen every Bond. So's the world. And I've got a soft spot for Armageddon. The scene where she also gives him a shave, uh, like Mm -hmm. throughout the whole first half of the movie, he has this scruff and you kind of sign that he doesn't care what he looks like. And so she says, let me give you a shave. And the scene where she shaves his face is just really, I don't know. 
it was a beautiful scene and you really feel it there right okay let's let's talk in a let's talk about this we're gonna go romance corner here yes. we're gonna talk about because i spent much of this movie being conflicted inside of whether i wanted a romance or a friendship between them and not sure whether the movie is stronger one way versus another because in mm. some ways i like the fact that like I, I i believe that their friendship kind of buds first but they're both obviously played by super attractive people like this is right i mean like there is no there is no <laughs> mystery as to like this movie wants you to want them to kiss sort of right thing. right right <laughs> But the the fact that she's in the caretaker position also made me feel like obviously obviously she's not a medical professional, but the idea of like well there's also a bit of like professionalism you should keep like with someone. So what were your mm. thoughts as you watched this movie, going through it and thinking about like the romance between these two? So one of the scenes that happens is his old girlfriend comes to announce that she's marrying a friend of his and you know it's a hurtful thing and it's one of the final mm -hmm. breaks from the past and so i think with that kind of setup i mean i wanted them to have a romantic relationship mm -hmm. and i don't know if it would be stronger without but you know it, they played it for romance but it was very light-handed you know what i mean right like you leave out a couple scenes and it might look like just a straight friendship. You know, yeah, like the, you leave out the, the dance. Was it the, the dance the, scene or the, or the, the dance and the, and the kiss beach stuff. Right. You know, later in the movie. Right. Cause right. like they go, one of the things that I want to talk about was like the orchestra. Like they go to a oboe concerto, you know, and they, you know, she dresses up nice and he's in a tux and they go to this concerto and you know he says uh, there's something stabbing me in my neck and she reaches over and pulls out the tag for the tuck shirt which i just loved all that little stuff mm -hmm. and like you could that whole scene like you could just play it as a friendship but then when they get back to the castle they're sitting in the van and she's like well let's you know get you out and he says i don't want to go in yet i just want to be a man who's been to a concert with a girl in a red dress a few minutes more that's such a great line and like for stuff like that yeah i guess i pulled more for the romance i mean what do you what did okay. you think about that i i was as i said conflicted throughout the movie you know not sure yeah what uh what i wanted because there were parts of it that felt like you know i felt like you're like the friendship here it was really like the going from kind of being annoyed at her and to her like softness kind of breaking through a sort of a beauty and the beast thing except right you know not less stockholm syndrome and now right. <laughs> and then like a little like but then i was like oh this is also a hollywood movie so i'm i think i also spent some time afraid there would be some sort of uh strange romantic scene i was wondering about that i did not plugged in online it before i watched it mm -hmm. but there wasn't and i was glad for that i feel like that would have kind of ruined it right it would have cheapened it yeah yeah it would have cheapened it 
so they go to that wedding, his old girlfriend's wedding, and they're you know, he cries during the ceremony and, you know, that stuff. But then during the reception, you know, she says, let's dance. And she just hops on his chair and he rolls out on the floor. And they have this super cute interaction. And I love the camera angle during that dance scene, kind of that lower perspective. Mm-hmm. And I right was worried, at, at like I was waiting level. for something. Yeah, yeah. And I was waiting for something bad to happen. And I was so glad it wasn't. And it was just... <laughs> an enjoyable scene and like that they got that moment also like the movie after that horse race and like showing that, Oh, this is going to be tough. Like I surely it was still tough to do all those things and go all those places. But like it did give you those payoff moments too. We're like, Oh yeah, this is, you know, a, this is a nice thing and it's working what she's doing seemingly. Right. And he's coming out of his, you know, <laughs> beauty and the beast character. Right. And so there's that, so her, her birthday, when they go to her house and her dad tries to shake her, his hand or whatever, they go to a point where they exchange gifts. And Amelia Clark has a boyfriend this whole time, which when we first see him, yes, he's like jogging Patrick. a track. <laughs> Patrick. And I have no idea who he is. You know, they don't make it clear that he's her girlfriend, I think, until later. But he's so from Harry birth- Potter for those that uh, oh, watch okay. those movies. Yep. Right. And so he's... At this birthday party, along with Will and Emilia Clark's whole family, and they give gifts. <laughs> Patrick gives her a necklace with his name on it <laughs> in the shape of a heart. And, like, it feels like he's super conceited, like, throughout the whole movie because he's obsessed about mm-hmm. his triathlon and his jogging. Right. He says, hey, let's go on holiday to uh, Norway. Come so he can run she this race. He, yeah, so he can run this race. But he gives the Patrick necklace, which is totally, like, meh. And then Will gave her the bumblebee stockings that, you know, whatever, weeks mm-hmm. before she had said was her favorite as a kid and could never get them again. And oh man, like, what a moment. Like, Patrick totally <laughs> defeated. And he's like, oh, and not only am I not good at this, like, I'm not even in the ballpark. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my God, I don't believe it. <laughs> What? But where did you get them? It's a secret. <laughs> tights. Only the best pair of tights ever. Oh, I'm gonna go try them on. You know, in the whole movie, Will is trying to encourage her. Like, listen, you are more capable than you think. Like, you, you didn't go to, to settle college. for this guy. You don't need to settle yeah. for. Yeah, don't settle less. for not going to college. Like, you know, yes, your family is depending on you, but you also need to find yourself. Like. So this whole time, like, he's encouraging her to, to go and get out there, which mm-hmm. is what, what I thought was so interesting. So they go on a final trip to wherever, Fiji, I don't even know where, some, mm-hmm. you know, romantic tropical island place. Yeah, like a resort. Looks like Hawaii. Yeah, a resort. And there's that scene where, like, Nate comes up with a girl, and he's like, I'm going to go uh, walk her to her room. It's like, mm-hmm, right. <laughs> and then... He re- will reveals to Emilia Clark that he's still going to go through with it, despite all these trips, and despite the relationship that they have built, he's still going to go through with committing suicide uh, in Switzerland. And there's this, you know, tear jerking moment on the beach where she's crying and can't believe it, and right, she says thought, like, you know, like she was basically making like progress, and that he would want to stay around. Right, and he says this line, "I don't want you tied down." 
I can't be the kind of man who just accepts this. You're not giving it a chance. You're not giving me a chance. I have become a whole new person these last six months because of you. I know, and that's why I can't have you tied to me. I don't want you to miss all the things that someone else could give you. And selfishly, I don't want you to look at me one day and feel even the tiniest bit of regret or pity. I would never think that. You don't know that. I thought it was so interesting because since she has been with him, Will, taking care of him, she has gone to more places and done more things mm-hmm. than ever before. Right. And it seems like a little bit of a tone-deaf statement. Like, I understand why I'm saying it and like, yeah, the reasonings, mm-hmm. but... They have also somehow figured out over a six-month period how to do more things than most people. And I don't know, maybe the movie intended for that statement to feel a little like, right? I don't know. But, but it hit me funny, and it was like, you don't even hear yourself, man. Like, <laughs> get over yourself. But, so they get back to England, and everyone's very sad. He goes off to Switzerland. She does not think she was going to go and see him in those mm-hmm. last moments, but then she decides to after her sister convinces her. And I love how she awkwardly like knocks some jars over when she enters the room, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, keeping up the awkward thing. And she sits by him and he dies. Um, they do the assisted suicide thing. And b- before we get it deep into it, I do. I I did enjoy the final scene of her sitting at that cafe in Paris that he had told her about earlier in the movie. Right. Reading a letter that he had wrote. She wearing the bumblebee stockings. It was a very poignant ending, and I, you know, for whatever it was worth, like I, I enjoyed that part. Did you feel like were you satisfied at that? <sighs> okay. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I have to get into it. <laughs> no. So are we getting into it? Is it time? Let us preface by saying, <laughs> <laughs> I, this is, a, you know, like Amelia Clark, this is a world that, I don't know about you, but I have no experience or knowledge of in firsthand. You know, I, I don't know anyone that is paralyzed or quadriplegic, and nor am I. So don't know anything about the world per se. But maybe in the context of this movie, we can talk to his decision to do this, which he was from a well-to-do family. The movie portrays him as being extremely intelligent and good at business. Handsome. Handsome. Right, like he was not disfigured from the accident. And it seems like they figured out how to do a bunch of stuff. (laughs) Going to concerts and going up castle walls and going on vacations. And for him, it's the idea, seemingly, that before the accident, he was this also an amazing athlete who could ski and do whatever sports and was just like this all-around amazing person. And because he cannot do those things, he is so tortured by that fact that he can't go on living. And also, there's extreme pain, and you know he gets sick very easily, as the movie showed. And so he could not do that anymore. I feel like you have a, a dissertation ready. A rambling one. Or are you at a total loss? No, I, 
it is I, I've been reading some articles on the the movie itself like it's supposed to be a provoke conversation at times and right. I have heard both positive and negative from the negative side the um, Christopher Reeves foundation uh, spoke right. pretty negatively about the you know the concept of this movie that um, you know yourself is not defined by how much you could you know he said will says you know he can no longer be himself really he can't go ski and can't do, do these things uh, and I think they their response to this movie was basically like you know you're like there you can still do great things like in this world right. and to impact this world Christopher Reeve right being an example of literally playing Superman right. and then having an accident, but also living as long as he could and doing and amazing doing some things. amazing things and in the, yeah, inspiring people uh, long after. Right. Um, it is, it's difficult. And maybe did this movie showcase a lot of, of chronic pain for will? Because at times I feel like I was, I believe I was told about it more than I was shown it. I know he has moments where he's just like not doing well. Um, when he gets pneumonia in the hospital and the dad tells Emilia, Emilia Clark like, yeah, this is the fourth time in the last year or right. two years or something. And then we're told so, by the mom yeah. he has bad days where he can't even get out of bed. You know, he can't even like do anything. Right. He just has to lay in bed in pain. Nate, the caretaker, says you know, a lot of times, like, I've heard him screaming, and it's excruciating right. pain. He's hiding right. it because you're around. Right. It is, uh, what's interesting is that they do, they have, they've developed such a great relationship. They do so many wonderful things together. And maybe that's where, like, the movie's trying to make you think, just, like, same thing with Lou. They're like, oh, we're, ha like, we're starting to fall in love. This is worth living for. This is worth, but at the end of the day, it is like, you know, he's making this, he would have to make the sacrifice to live with potentially, you know, chronic pain. And I think it's right. the pain part that makes me, you know, empathetic to him being like, no, I, I can't, I can't go on living this way. I am less empathetic to the, like, I can't go skiing anymore but i understand right. there's also like the like i i know that would be a real issue of like hey your life is forever changed like for example if i go if i go blind tomorrow the idea of like well the life as an artist at least in the way that i know it is done you know and seeing the world like it would be life altering it's just right. what's difficult in this movie is that you're left kind of thinking, man, you, you both seem so happy together. You don't want to do this for a couple more years. Uh, and the fact that he basically mm -hmm. says like, no, it, yeah, I want you to be free of me to go explore. Like you mentioned, she's doing a lot of adventuring with him. Already. Right, more than ever before. So I understand, like, I really understood her anger, which I think the movie does well, is that when she finds out, she's like, wait, like, don't you want to, like, stay around with me? Right. Like, isn't this some, like, don't you find this worth it? Uh, but I think the answer is no. 
he presents it in a uh, I'm being noble and freeing you way, which I think is a little short-sighted. Like his his note at the end basically says like you have your sweet smile, your ridiculous clothes, blah blah blah. You have uh don't think of me too often. I don't want you getting sad. Just live well. Live. I'll be walking beside you every step of the way. Like it's a nice sentiment, but you won't be. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and it's, it's uh, yes. He gives her a ton of money, which, in some ways, I think to myself, like, I don't know. You could, you could have lived a few more years. Told her to go on trips by herself, and she could have come back and reported all of the wonderful things she had done to you. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. It's. I find that the movie actually, I, the question about doctor assisted suicide or doctor assisted dying is a very complicated issue and a very complicated thing and if it i i guess if it gets a conversation going it's probably good in some ways the the other thought i had was like stephen hawking stephen hawking with lou Gehrig's disease and like similar if not worse physical situation you Mm -hmm. know couldn't even speak without the aid of a computer but still having amazing contributions to the world you know more than most one could say and so it's it doesn't it doesn't feel great uh, especially like this character in this movie it feel and and the situation that he was in you know very well-to-do family money to do whatever he needed he wasn't costing his family in a like hey if you keep me alive like right his family was was fine either way it is Man, it's it's difficult because, again, we can't put ourselves in the same position because I've never had like life-altering chronic pain where it's probably right. you know it's just hard to you know maybe think straight at times. But in this movie, I like trying to put myself in that position. The idea of like someone fell in love with you, you like you have a family that want you to like I would probably think about like man i need to do this as long as i can for my family to stay around for my family yeah but i don't know it's it's tough it's tough <sighs> well let's rate let's rate this movie oh, man. On, on the very merit of the movie itself on a scale of zero to five bumblebee leggings of course mm. i'm going to give it 4.5 bumblebee leggings. Wowza. High, high rating. Because aside from, <laughs> I was going to say, the very premise of the movie. <laughs> I mean, you know, aside, aside from how it ends and, and those feelings, I just, I so enjoyed everything about it. Amelia mm. Clark's character, Will, mm-hmm. Their relationship over the course of time, like you said, Amelia Clark's family at home, uh-huh. her and Patrick trying to figure stuff out. <laughs> uh, and I watched this with my wife, and she really enjoyed it too. And you know, again, brings up very deep questions. And you know, you end up talking about this stuff after the movie ends, which right one of That's her stipulations. Fun. Yeah, and mine. Like, if a movie actually makes you talk about something after the fact, as a piece of art itself, like probably pretty good. And so I really enjoyed it. 4.5 for me. Wow. All right. I will give this movie 3.5. Yes. I 
did enjoy it. Um, it left, I believe it left me feeling how this movie's supposed to leave you feeling. Kind of just like, in some ways dejected. But, yeah. uh, you know, this is not, this type of scenario is not uh, so rare in this world that, like, this maybe happened to, you know, people in in your circle and in your life or yourself. And uh, the idea that, like, it, yeah, it does get you thinking. I actually think, I think my, my, my biggest point to this whole movie is that this movie works best not making a podcast about reviewing it, but instead having a one-on-one conversation with a friend with some hot chocolate talking about yeah. some deep things of life. And I think yeah. that in that way, it is successful. So our top five today, top five movies. Now I started, I started making this list and then I doubted what you said, but <laughs> I assume the top five movies set in England Yes. Okay, because as I began to research which movies fill this criteria, I was like, wait a minute, there's a bunch of movies filmed in England but are not necessarily said to be happening in England. Right. And then there's movies like like legitimately set in England. So a little confused at first, but I think I got it. Okay, I I excellent. I had a hard time with this one. Yes. And I, I'm not, I'm not going to say my top five is great. I'm not going to. Usually, I really stand by it. You may bring up things that I may just jigger right into my list. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm. I was. I was worried about my top five, but I, I feel pretty good about it. I feel confident. Okay. Good. 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 And um, let's do this. I. I also realized you could literally put all 007 movies <laughs> because they're all kind of Englishy. <sighs> But See, I, did I didn't not even do think of. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, I didn't do that. <laughs> They're Englishy. <laughs> do you have any honorable mentions? I don't. I basically found five. Okay, that's fine. Well, I, pull, I have I one honorable. List. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I have one honorable mention, and it's a little bit of a cheat because it's not a movie, but The Crown. It's a short story. No. Oh. <laughs> the Crown. The series on Netflix. I know you don't have Netflix, but. This series, you love the Crown. Oh my word! I love the Crown. Uh, I've seen all the seasons. I believe there's three, two. There's two seasons right out, and uh, I I enjoy them both. Very good. I think the first season might have been better. John Lithgow as Winston Churchill is sublime, but I highly recommend the Crown on Netflix. Netflix original. All so. Right. Did you go first? You went first last time. Right? I did. Your turn. Okay. Well, I will start my number five, Paddington, with the uh, the, the bear. bear? You know? Oh, okay. Yeah. I heard I it was a really good kids. movie, and I never watched it. It was. It was especially uh, you know my kid. It's a good one to watch with kids, and it was fun, and I enjoyed it. So Paddington, it's a good movie. All right. Uh, my number five, also great for kids, Mary Poppins. Ah, uh, yeah, the original. Uh, I have I've done a lot of YouTubing in my day over accents. Uh, Dick Van Dyke's a- uh, British accent in this movie is deemed from people from the UK the worst uh, <laughs> accent ever. 
<laughs> his chimney sweep apparently is atrocious. Mm. Um, but it's got a, it's got some sticking power, and I feel like, although the movie came out what like seventy years ago, it feels like forever <laughs> ago. Um, long time. Yeah, I sp- I think it's still entertaining. Yeah, I think uh, my wife watched it with the kids too recently, and uh, they enjoyed it. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, my number four is the Pride and Prejudice, starring Kira Knightley. I don't mm. know if I saw the original ever. But I did see the Kira Knightley one and remember it fondly. It was good. There have been a I lot of it. of those, haven't there? Have there Pride been a lot prejudices? of Yeah. Prejudice uh, movies? <laughs> yes, I believe so. But I've only seen the one. <laughs> so, yeah, I see there's a Pride and... Oh, goodness. Yeah, IMDb is uh, covered in them. 1940. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yeah, pre- <laughs> the, the day after Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> A Skyfall Prejudice. Uh, it's all. It's all there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so I anyway. get pride. I get pride and prejudice confused with sense and sensibility. Both uh, Jane see, Austen never, things, right? Never seen the other one. So, okay. oh, you weren't kidding. There's a Pride and Prejudice and Zombies movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's weird. I never joke around. <laughs> never. Okay, so what's your what's your number four? My number four. Um, I'm kind of going the way of you and not following the rules entirely, but I'm just going to say Harry Potter. All. Mm. Et all. Et all. They're all, I mean, they're, yes. I think you've, I've stated my love for all Harry Potter movies. So, number four, Harry Potter. The collection. Okay. Well, my number three, I guess I could also cheat and just say 007 movies et all. (laughs) all but 25 of them <laughs> I put Goldeneye slash Skyfall because I'm not sure which my favorite is oh, Goldeneye Goldeneye is unique the movie? Be- yes Pierce Brosnan oh, I, listen, I know the game Pierce Brosnan was my first 007 and I saw all of his 007s before anybody else and so I, I understand he's not the best Bond, maybe even far from the best Bond, but I enjoyed him as Bond. And because I played the game way before I ever watched the movie, <laughs> the movie was like just wonderful because it, everything that I played in the game, I saw in the movie. And I liked Pierce Brosnan. So anyway, I, I have or a little Skyfall. Skewed. Skyfall with the Home Alone uh, house. <laughs> Uh, booby traps. I don't know why nobody likes Skyfall, but I like it. I even the house scene. We're I thought have to do uh, a James Bond movie at some point in time and rank our James Bond movies. Yeah, that we really because I would put maybe fifteen of them above either of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually have not seen many of the older ones. Okay, like I'm not. I've not seen any Sean Connery James Bonds. See, I yeah, I I grew up with the Sean Connery ones, and then I went to Roger Moore, and I went, "Who is this imposter?" Because he came next, right, uh, right. And but Pierce, yeah, I think Pierce is actually up there for me as far as James Bond. Well, anyway, I mean Skyfall, you know Javier Bardem. I thought he did a pretty good bad guy. Yeah, he was fine. Well, we, we can do Skyfall a different day. Okay, well, this guy fell a different day. Anyway, one of those uh, is my third pick. Perfect. 
My number three is the Sherlock Holmes movie with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. Mm-hmm. The first one. Mm-hmm. That movie is my jam. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. I own it. It is yes. 2009, so kind of at the end of my rose-colored glasses. It's a Guy Ritchie movie, and I might Hmm. be, yeah, Guy Ritchie might be my uh, one of my favorite directors. Hmm. Well, to be honest, I've never seen that Sherlock Holmes movie. (gasps) No, I know. Yeah, Stephen, you must. Like I, well, maybe listen, we should there do. aren't many things, but the the 2009 Sherlock Holmes is one of my top 25 favorite movies. Oh goodness, of that, all time, that's, that's something. All right. Yep. I'm I'm gonna add it to the list because uh, we should do that. What was the name of the movie again? <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately left my mind. Uh, for some reason, Guy Ritchie anyway. also directed Snatch and Man from Uncle. Two other interesting Never seen movies. Of those. Okay. Never seen those. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're good. I've I've heard those. Anyway, all right. My number two, The King's Speech. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful movie. Captivating, just wonderful all around. Yeah, just love it. So number two, King's Speech. You gotta put your. You really got to put your plugged in uh, or your <laughs> vid angel filter on a couple of those scenes. But yes, imp- yes, that is true. Very impactful. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. My number two, two, also King's Speech. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. It is, it is great. Uh, another movie that I would, I'll probably watch again, but I can watch no more than like once every 10 years because it is. It is intense and it tugs my heartstrings. I think I cry about every time I've seen that yeah. movie, and I think I've seen it twice. So <laughs> I need to. It's, it's, I need to take some time off. <laughs> Joffrey uh, Rush, great in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, interesting. I wonder if we also share the same number one. My number one, and maybe we should say it at the same time. No. Yes, sure. Here we go. <laughs> One, One, two, two three. three. The Nodding Hill. Hmm. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> okay, no, not Hold the same. Hold on a second. Yes. You have revealed a movie. <laughs> Hold on a second. Okay, talk about The Prestige for a second. I'll be over here. <laughs> so The Prestige, it takes place in London. I looked it up to make sure. But Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale, Christopher Nolan. Uh, I mean, the prestige is probably no. It's most definitely in in my top twenty five movies. I just something about that movie just really gets me, and I just love everything about it. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's what I've done. I completely <laughs> did not think about prestige. Prestige is yes one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. Okay, so here's what I'm gonna do. I will bump Mary Poppins out. Harry Potter goes to five. We'll go Sherlock Holmes, four. (laughs) King's Speech, three. I said Notting Hill is one. Notting Hill definitely will now be number two. 
Mm. And Prestige will be number one. Okay. All right. Prestige, <laughs> yes. I will. You said it, and I thought, what have I been doing with my life? How come this didn't come up in my searches? <laughs> it doesn't. It didn't come up in any of the searches. I would just remember. You like, just had I, to think. I felt like it was England, and so I, I had I to go to the, the Prestige. prestige. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love it. Yes. Uh, I have a hard time figuring out whether I like Prestige or Inception more. Both, I believe, Christopher Nolan movies. They would, uh, in a, a bracket, they would have a hard-fought battle between them. Um, but let me say I something about I would say about Prestige, Nod- probably. But anyway. Oh, okay. I'll say something about Notting Hill, because that was yes. used to be my number one, now my number two. Uh, <laughs> it is, I could watch Notting Hill about once a month, and I think I would love it each time. It is. Mm. It gives me all the romantic feels to it. So yes, I'm scrolling through the images right now, and I do remember it, and I remember enjoying it. it he but. has a uh, Hugh Grant has the flatmate in Notting yeah. Hill, who at times is wearing like a like a goggle and like prescription goggles to a movie yes. at some point in time, and walks around in his underwear. Uh, he is fantastic. I mean, and the yeah, Hugh Grant's family, his sister. I think it's his crazy sister. It also has a uh, I don't know if it's his friend and his wife who she is uh, paralyzed from the waist down, so he carries her around everywhere. Mm-hmm. It is heart. It is a heartwarming movie. I love this movie, okay. but The Prestige is a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> Prestige You've is done so it to good. me. Yeah, I don't know. I just love the Prestige. Oh my word! I mean, just I still remember. This is going to be a huge spoiler. If you have not seen the Prestige, go watch it. But the first time you watch it, mm-hmm. and the moment that you find out he had a twin mm-hmm. brother mm-hmm. who cut off his own fingers just to keep the game going, was have extraordinary. you have you heard the theory that? He used the clone machine, Tesla's like cloning machine once, and that wasn't really his twin, but his clone. Instead of huh, as boys, that's a, a just take a look down, go down that Reddit rabbit hole <laughs> if you uh, care to see some some fan theories on that. I have not heard that theory. That is interesting. Either way, but do me a favor and watch Notting Hill with your wife at some point in time, and just. Okay. Just enjoy. Just enjoy a just a, a wonderful, really British feeling movie. <laughs> we'll do that. Do you ever see the importance of being earnest? Uh, no, movie? I've seen Ernest Saves Christmas. Is that how close am I to? <laughs> Not even close. Not. Oh, it's got close. Colin Firth in it. It's it got the King's Speech a, guy. Yes, and it has Kirsten Dunst. And it's a very funny movie. It is very much British humor. I'll give you another people... try. I'll give you another Kirsten Dunst try because it's definitely not her. Are you? Here we go. Me? Well, yeah. No, it's not her. Think about it. This is like a this is Don Cheadle two point over here. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, she was it... in Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, brr, brr. wait. Dun 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 dun. Yes? I was about to say Carrie Underwood, but that is not it either. 
It is not Carrie Underwood, but you're closer to the name. Yes. The uh, last the last name does have a double O at the end of it, but it's not Underwood. Witherspoon. Do you know her first name? Yeah, Reese. I just looked at Reese's pieces. Witherspoon. <laughs> now that's who you were thinking of, right? Kirsten. I, I was. I looked down the whole cast list just to make sure that Kirsten Dunst wasn't a. Uh, it's been a long time since I saw cast. this movie. Let's be honest, but yeah, that's uh, that's the movie I'm thinking of. Anyway, IMDb currently has an ad for The Outlaw King, a Netflix film with Chris Pine. Looks huh. interesting. I actually <laughs> saw an ad while I was scrolling through Notting Hill images of a Steve Carell movie. That's another Amazon. It's like an Amazon original. Something. Tell you what, Netflix and Amazon is just going to be like, no, we're going to, we don't need to go to the theaters anymore. We'll just take over That's movie it. making from now on. Yeah, they're doing a good job. Let me tell you. Well, Stephen, we've done it. We got through this episode. <laughs> yes, we did. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed it. The deeper episode than usual. But don't worry. We will get back to mayonnaise very soon. And I want to do a live eggnog tasting sometime. Ooh. Like maybe try it on the air. Because it's been so long yes. since I've had it. We can do a so Facebook we'll Live. Oh. Oh, you want to see my face while I drink the egg? Yeah, I, wanna s- I want the audience to see your face. Oh, goodness. Sip it. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. Up. <laughs> That'd be fun. I'll drink it out of a chalice. Perfect. Oberweiss. You chose yeah. wisely. <laughs> so, listeners, please go to moviesontheside.com, and you can find links to all our stuff there. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Tweet at us. Movie suggestions, thoughts, feelings, uh, not too deep. You know, it's social media after all. But we'd love to have you go <laughs> to no the mind changes over social media. Remember that. That's, that's right. No one's convinced of anything. But if you'd love to support the show, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash movies on the side, support there, or mm-hmm. just rate us on the iTunes or Apple Podcasts store. You can do it in the app if you have an iPhone. But rating us there helps discovery everywhere. And so you can give us a five-star rating and comment there. And we're also on and Google Podcast. Yes, oh, Google Podcast. No, no, no yes. Google Podcast. And we're now on Spotify as well. So if you prefer to for listen the there. Hip, or hip people. <laughs> for, the, for the youngsters. Yeah, you can go to Spotify as well. All right. That's all she wrote. Whatever our outro. <laughs>